This is Corolla Digital. Hi, I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And this week, on This Week with Larry Miller, I will tell you about My Fair Lady, one of the greatest movies ever made, and I'll tell you why it's great and why it's great to fall in love. Listen for free through iTunes or go to LarryMillerPodcast.com. We'll see you here. It's time for this week's CarCast with your host, Adam Carolla, and moderator, Matt D'Andrea. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on. Mandate, get it on. Welcome to yet another CarCast. I'm Adam Carolla. That's Matt, the moderator, D'Andrea. Hello. Scott Whitaker's oh. here. He's How you the doing? owner of Dynamat. Dynamat. And, well, it's a dynamic control of, well, I just think it's official. I just think it's all dynamic. It's kind of like Procter and Gamble and, uh, you know, Ivory Soap. So they never talk about Procter and Gamble. So we, 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 everybody refers to us as Dynamat as opposed to the company name Dynamic Control. And it, does the well we have it there's a many different applications anyone who builds cars or sees any of the shows where they build the cars it's now a part of building cars and hot rods and restoration and that kind of stuff but there's also an application for instance our compressor room is covered with dynamat i'm are we're, some, I, that's called of, dynamat, one dynamat or one of the products, many products right. yeah. there's, some there's home a couple products of and... a couple of our products in there we we sell for architectural and and uh, yeah. home theater Studio rooms to, you know, to try to keep the noise on one side of the wall, basically. Sound right. deadening. For us, there's a big, I don't know, three-phase, you know, 50-gallon compressor in there that just makes a ton of noise when it <laughs> fires up. And yeah. now it doesn't because we got the Dynamat or the product that Dynamic Control makes. Right. Um, and And... I generically call them all Dynamat, although when you go through the list, you in, have the individual ones. In, in the car world, it's I see it or I seem to see it on the firewall and then coming down the firewall uh, around the transmission tunnel and things like that. I don't seem to see it in the fender wells. Is it? It's not a fender. Where Where would you? What is the hot rod application? Well, there's two two uses for it actually uh, to to reduce noise. And then it do, it does reduce uh, a certain amount of heat. The right. dy- dynamat extreme, you know, the the damping material. It has like a radiant barrier kind of a quality yeah, it's, to well, it. Well, it's, it's um, yeah, it has it has an aluminum layer on it, but it's actually uh, called a constrained layer for damping. Which which dyna- what dynamat does there is it tra- it actually converts vibration ener- energy the the dynamic motion into low grade heat. Mm-hmm. Like which means it makes less than a degree, but what it does is it dissipates all that vibration, which is causes noise, right? And and converts it so therefore you know you have a a quiet solid car. So and the other thing it it does reduce transfer of heat through that panel. So that what that means is usually everybody puts it on the floor and the firewall, which is the biggest you know culprits when it comes to to heat and noise because the 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 floor of the car transfers vibration to every part of the car now the more you put on the better it works so 
uh, a guy doing a high-end car or a car that a guy wants to be make really, really quiet, he literally covers all the interior sheet metal, the top, the bottom. I actually – the one thing – the first two things I tell everybody to do is do the doors. And, and then the next thing that I do on everything is I do the tops because we have some hard rains mm-hmm. and such in the Midwest. And mm-hmm. when yeah, you're driving down the highway and uh, it's raining like yeah. crazy, you can't even hear yourself in a, in when it's pelting the roof. So, you know, but every part of the car, the sheet metal makes noise. It, the, the concept of um, sound reduction, I know a little bit from building this studio – that you know, putting a double wall is good if you really want to take it. Then there's the whole part where you sort of uh, acoustics. Boy, I tell you, it's insane. I used to do uh, when I used to do Howard Stern all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a something called a Zephyr, and it's, it's a thing you plug into a phone line, and you can broadcast. And they, they give you microphone headphones, just like we have it now. It's, it's, Zephyr's the size of a small suitcase. You plug it in. You, punch in a number and run it to a whatever line. And I would sit in my office and do his show for five hours from my office in my house. And this office had walls and hardwood floors and some cabinetry. And it sounded like complete and utter hell. But if I took sheets, just bed sheets, and hung them up off the ceiling fan and made a little (laughs) surround for me, and just literally, I would take the sheets and take squeeze clamps, like from my woodworking garage, and just hang them over the hard surfaces of the cabinets. Just drape them over the top and squeeze clamp them to the crown at the yeah. top of the thing, and just go around the room. Totally and utterly different sonic experience. Right. And one time, because I had to do it at 3 a.m., our time, 6 a.m., New York time, and I did Love Line, I come home at 12.30 at night. I just got up and I I hadn't hung the sheets up and I just got on the thing and I said two words and he went like where are you calling from man it's a completely and utterly yeah different experience from merely hanging a few sheets up around where I was not even a professional grade anything but I know from doing this studio there's a part where you transfer sound and they say the best way to truly do a studio is to cut that slab and right. create Right, uh, cr- create an expansion joint in that that will that will not attach whatever's going on on the outside to right. whatever's going on, on the inside. I I stop short of that, but it's no, you're tr- de- you're decoupling the slab that way. So there, there's several techniques. You know, you can put up a barrier wall to do so much there. Uh, you can you can decouple whenever you like when you the, building the two walls is similar to when you're cutting that slab. You're stopping the transfer from traveling through solid objects. So when you're talking about acoustics, you've got airborne acoustics or in-room acoustics where when you hung the sheet on the fan, which is, you know, genius, really. Thank you. <laughs> Unless the kids I mean, turn the fan on. I'm all about bang for the buck. <laughs> they, you know? so they didn't exist. You created a, a your, your zone of, what are they called, the cone of silence? Is yeah, get smart. <laughs> right. So you got your cone of silence there. No, but, it literally did because the fan blades spread out about four or five feet in yeah. all directions. Yeah. I took the squeeze clamps and made myself a little mini shower inside just by draping yeah. them all around me and then i just sat in the middle it was dark outside it was three in the morning like I the karate kid at. uh the karate yeah. kid yeah. halloween costume and, that's yeah. right so you so you, <laughs> exactly. you you really took the shortcut where uh you know guys spend um you know several tens of thousands of dollars to create a little acoustic room to do something in yeah. and you, you just right 
I didn't have much choice, but that is part of the uh, equation, and it's something that the sound and the dampening and the deadening was something that just never existed in the past. You take a hot rod, the first thing you do is gut it, yeah, and you take out all of the panels and all the insulation and there's no decoupling of there's you can't do that in the car really there's no yeah because it's all just sheet metal just one layer monolithic items right it's like riding in a mailbox you know i mean it's uh, right so the worst (laughs) the worst condition for sound and then you have 600 horsepower engine which might have some open headers in front of you, so there's going to be that. I don't think any amount of dynamics. Yeah, stiff, help stiff that, suspension is one of the worst things for road noise. You know, you, so we get, we go with lower profile tires, stiff suspension, open right. exhaust, you know, right. maybe even open intakes. Uh, right, it just all gets worse and worse and worse. Now, do you have any exterior products like Adam was saying, like in a fender well, or on the bottom of the floorboard, or everything's mostly inside the car? Well. We, we You can use like our Dyna liner in, in fender wells, but a lot of guys will do all that treatment from the inside of the car. Yeah. You is know, is so there anything you seen. do that's a brush on, spray on, liquid form? No. We For years, we did uh, a, a product called Dyna Shield, and th- there is no spray material or spread on material that does the damping or the insulation as well as Dynamat sheet products do. Oh, yeah. I mean, what I'm thinking is there's no way you're going to, you know, it's like saying how much, you know, you're not going to get the R value out of of an inch of solid um, insulation versus, you know, R36 or something like that. But it it, it helps a little bit, like, as you know, used in conjunction with, Mm -hmm, you know, spray on or roll on. I I imagine you can use, like, some just bed liner. Well, actually, bed bed liner is not very good at sound deadening. That's right. why they've never been successful. It tried, tried to Just market Just for it that durability way. in a fender well, but then you use your sound deadening material on the inside, mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. And is the material, it comes in, pardon me, because I've only seen it on the cars, but I've not applied it myself. Because uh, most of the stuff I work on is race cars, where it's like, eh, you put earplugs in, it's sort of academic what it sounds like yep. inside. Um, and it's so loud you can't even hear yourself think anyway. So it, it's, it's like I said, academic. But is the stuff coming in sheets? Is the stuff coming in rolls? Is it having adhesive back? Are we putting a, a, a It's all peel and down? stick. But the, it's actually a form of butyl rubber that mm-hmm. the Dynamat is base material. So it has its own adhesive. It's, right. It is its own adhesive. And we'll cut it out to the shape we need it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you can do – we do uh, – it comes in several different packages. So you can get a – one sheet rolled up, or there's larger packs that it's it's just kind of folded over. Other packs that are the sheets are not folded or rolled or whatever. It's and then um, so there's the number of different packaging. And, but uh, I, I'm imagining the future. You'll have a kit for '71 Chevelle. We have it now. We actually have custom cut kits for. Most of the cars that people are restoring in terms of American cars, Corvettes, Camaros, you know, Firebirds, Chevelles, some Impalas. We've got most of the, you know, like 60, 70 Mopar stuff. Um, So we have a pretty wide range. Uh, Currently, we uh, have just finished up doing, um, you know, 356 Porsche, early 911, later 911. Wow, going Um, European. I like that. (laughs) Well, European, what started me in the whole car thing. I've been, I've 
a long long time BMW owner. I redid it. Mm-hmm. What got me started in this is I had a '68 2002 BMW, and it you know like TI or just no no huh. I have a couple TIs right okay. TIs right now. Moving on. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, maybe we should just go out and see what you brought us. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I like that is because I, I you know I like. The German stuff and the Italian stuff, and why like the Japanese stuff, you really? know? And it's, yeah, if I brought that up. Yeah. And everything is like, hey, if you're a Mopar head like me, and it's like, I'm not a Mopar head like you, I like the 911 a lot. Yeah. It's a great platform to jump off on. And I like the BMW, and I especially like the 3.0s and the 3.5s. I got a 2800. I like those too. So, well, it's the body, the same body. Same body. Yeah. Yeah. Just poor man's 3.0. Yeah. So you were redoing that <laughs> 2002. Yeah, actually, I dipped that car because it was like it was uh, two years old. It was rusty, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it, it Cincinnati winters, and you know the, the salt had just done some major damage to this car. So I um, had it dipped because there was a guy in town that you know not too many people do that anymore because of the EPA issues yeah. and mm-hmm. such. But uh, so this car was dipped, but I put new new deck lid, new new doors, I had whole, almost the whole new clip on the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I even started, but you know right. it's it's you know if you don't have any money and you you know, just do with what you can. And all in a good car community there with guys that most of the people help me with are my friends. So. Mm-hmm. But that's. I put this car together, and it was, you know, back then, what did we do? Like, you know, one over plus one tires and wheels, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, now we do, what, 24-inch wheels or something, you know. But so Yeah, the thing came so, with 13s. You put yeah, you 14s put 14s, and you were hot stuff, right, you know. Right. So. I'm going with a 60 series. Yeah, baby. Uh, this <laughs> right. So, so wow. lower, lower profile tires, uh, stiff suspension. I did, you know, I put headers on it and, a, and a, what was it, ANSA exhaust, you mm-hmm. know. You put so. header on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it came in a two pack, which was weird. Yeah. It was weird. We just used the but, one. Uh, so the car looked really. I, I love the way the car looked. With why well, I did a little, you know, stripping down on it. But that car had about a quarter inch of molten asphalt poured in the floors from the factory. So that mm-hmm. stuff was all popping loose. Mm-hmm. Scraped it all out. That so everything I did made it louder. Really, mm-hmm. from even from original, right. and uh, so it looked great, ran great. But I'm going down the road, maiden voyage, and I'm you know it's like man, this car feels like an old car, and it looks so good, and it runs so good, and it dawned on me really, it's like that kind of formulated a philosophy there. Nobody talked about how bad competition cars, hot rods, mm-hmm. you know, uh, high performance cars felt, mm-hmm. or you know whether it's heat, vibration noise so i started just playing with it all on my own to do my own cars because i wasn't happy with the car so, mm-hmm. uh, so and, and and what was your background well multiple things machinery design um uh, at that time machinery design mechanic uh i built chemical process equipment you know a lot of alloy exotic alloy welding and so on but after sometime after that back in the in the Later seventies, then I became a, a marketing product manager guy for an English company, and so but it kind of everything combined. This, my my experience yeah. is really varied. And this product didn't. What year are we talking about here? Well, I started uh, using experimenting with different things back then. You know, on this sixty eight uh, BMW, but um, 
when I finally but uh, the year you were doing when it I was... finally had something and started this business was in eighty nine. So this is like our twenty fifth anniversary. Was and, it was it something that you experiment with and created or you just came up with these ideas and found a company and you said try this try this you sort of yeah I, like I, a chemical company yeah or something I, like that. That, I found a company that um and i talked to like dozens of people trying to get through it because most of what people were using in vehicles or in or for any kind of uh, sheet metal sound damping was a stiff thick heavy piece of asphalt yeah. that that they put some adhesive on peel and stick you know Kind of thing, or bake it on. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the, like OE Automotive, they would put throw something on the floor and it on it melt in the bake yeah. uh, in the bake oven. You know, when they bake the paint, it sounded so. like they were trying to make the metal stiffer instead of trying yeah. to and they absorb. Were, they were doing the both, sound. making it stiffer and adding mass, which basically just lowers the resonant yeah. frequency. So if you find that resonant frequency on something, then it's still making noise, and and you're adding a lot of weight and so on. And 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 the, like I said, that the. the the damping is actually an energy conversion. The physics term of damping is also – they use the word hysteresis. It's an energy conversion. I was going to say that. Yeah, I bet you were. Yeah. <laughs> I went to high school with a black chick name. Hysteresis. Um, <laughs> the uh, resonant, resonant frequency is a really bizarre thing, <laughs> and – I don't know if it was it the Verrazano Bridge. What was the bridge that blew itself out? Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, you can I forget f- the name. Of it. Yeah. I, I actually have a video it, of that. It was in. I don't know <laughs> if it was in Portland or somewhere around the suspension bridge that area. Yeah, and- yeah. It, it wasn't the wind that took that bridge down. That suspension bridge. It was right. the frequency. Yeah, it was resonance, a fat guy yeah. walking, across. which is b- a bizarre. Yeah. And in fact, thing. they got that on video. Even it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. You oh, wait, here's the video here. You see, I don't know, this is, you know, 1951 or whatever it is. Tacoma Narrows Bridge. Tacoma. Well, I had, the, had that part close to right. Um, you had the whole bridge just freaking out. And there was wind to create the frequency, but not – the wind was not blowing this Yeah. This yeah. thing You can't blow the down. wind that hard. No, yeah. that would be – well, well past hurricane force. That's a wind. crazy amount of movement. You'd have to, if you were standing there watching, you'd have to think the end is near. Like yeah. this is that's yeah. a phenomenon that just you can't you can't comprehend. The that. flip side is, is it looks like it's fun as shit. Like if it wasn't so dangerous, <laughs> you'd want to run across it or something. Um, it, it ended up ended up coming down, right? And now, I guess when you design a bridge, you have to f- figure this into the equation. Yep, yep, totally. And I don't know how you've – I mean, obviously, it's the shape and the positioning and things. Like, it must not take that much to f- – you don't see it in the bridge. Not like there's big pilasters for this problem, but they must factor it in. And I guess they didn't factor this one in. You know, you watch the video. How does the asphalt flex that much? I mean, you don't think – you think it would just snap all apart, but maybe it's more pliable than – Well, asphalt anything. is fairly, you know – it, in that reference is flexible. So how how what is the phenomenon we're looking at here with what looks like if you're not watching it, it's like if the Golden Gate Bridge just started spazzing out, just just jumping up and down like having a seizure. That's that's what it what it looks like. But what's the phenomenon, Scott? <laughs> that's he's like they didn't have dynamite the, on that damn thing. Yeah, the um, 
Well, the interesting thing about that, I think that was a, is a combination. This, this resonance that start got started when it combined with that design because of the flexibility built into the bridge. Mm-hmm. That that it it's kind of like you have some elasticity there. So it's kind of like was going like this with the with the um, with the way the cables run. Um, right, guy and, ran and, across it. Which yeah. I love. Go get the dog yeah. out of the car. Your car. <laughs> he left his wife in the car, though. Holy moly! <laughs> but so, so you're, you get, you've got a couple of things into play there because I don't know. I don't know of too many situations where you can start a resonant frequency that will continue or grow or you know like cause itself to continue like that. So, you know, like uh, it, if it so was, we could snowball, probably we could power a car with it if we could point. make it like if we build could it. contain it. Yeah, yeah, but like, but I I think it's a combination of the elasticity of those cables. That's like you stretch a rubber band; it's got to come back. So then it would like keep it was rebounding. You know, right? If you have, you, but, you, but it, 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 I mean, obviously, when you build an airplane, you have to factor that in. Oh, absolutely, and Everything. I don't. But it's 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 a weird dynamic in that something can power itself, so to speak, without having a power source, right? In in a sense, which is a crazy yeah, dynamic. It's... And you're right; we could run a car <laughs> or all the lights in the city if we could figure out how to harness yeah. that start that it, power. Yeah, start it, pull the pull the rope, and um, let it roll. Yeah, that, yeah. It, that bridge must be like it has to start at one end, and then when it gets to the other end. It comes back almost like water hitting a wall and coming back, or the ocean going in it's and out. Just, because it, it seems like, like it, why would it? It would just end and then bleed off, but it somehow it's coming back and forth yeah. for a while. It's it's pretty nuts to see for sure. Well, uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> well, that was you a, brought well, up that, that, term. Came up that was a nice term. aside. I, I agree. I haven't uh-huh. seen that footage in quite some time. We get to talk about things like that every day. And was that like 1951 <laughs> or something, or it just looked like 1951? Yeah, look at that, that guy's car and his awesome jacket. Yeah, the thing that was funny. Um, Nineteen forty. Oh, yeah, bridges sucked well, back then. I saw was funny. I saw Steel Dawn with Patrick Swayze in it the other night. Oh, uh, actually, I saw you tweeting about it. You must have been having a good time or I drinking a, Mangria. I had a little Mangria, but I was watching. But it's like this is world. It's 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 the post-apocalyptic, you know, United States after World War Three. Except for everyone's hair looked like 1987. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, they never factor that part in. Even in Elvis. Swaz had good 80s hair. Though. In Elvis movies from the 50s, he would have pomade on and it would be, he'd get in a fight, in a, in, but it would be, he'd be an old Western gunslinger, but he had the same 1950s hair. Yeah. Even when we got to the 80s, no one ever did that math. Like, maybe their hair is not going to be exactly like 1987, even though we're shooting the movie in 87, because this will yeah. be after World War Three. And somehow we didn't have anything but desert. No water and wind power. <laughs> There's a picture of the, the and we all look like, mullet. but everything looked like it was from a Pat Benatar video from <laughs> 1986. Why would that be? It would be a crazy coincidence that 200 years in the future, everyone would have the same hair that they do when we're shooting the film, <laughs> right? Look at this chicks. You got to see the chicks' hair. I was like, this is Pat Benatar's hair. Like that's, that's not. You. This this isn't now. This is after World War Three. We don't even know when World War Three is coming around. When this movie came out, did they think World War Three was going to be like twenty like two thousand nine or twenty ten or? Well, they shot the movie in eighty six. <laughs> yeah, 
their only excuse is that we shot the movie in 86, World War Three started and ended by 87, and then this took place in later 87. That would be their only excuse because everyone's hair and and it was basically right out of Thunderdome. Every, everybody uh, again, her, her, her hair is from night from Pat Benatar's hair. All right. Anyway, well, I guess they have to hire somebody to predict the technology that will be going on in that year and the hairstyles. All you know, so I'll tell you, I have figured it out. There, there is no denim, but there's tons of leather. Yes. And I would argue that with no water and no life, we would have a, a shortage on leather. <laughs> We'd probably have more denim than leather. I don't, all, uh, there's never a cow. There's never a cow in the future. No one goes, hey, you want a porterhouse? <laughs> right. Like, There's no water. They live in the desert. Where's all the leather coming from? It would just I, be denim. Leno would be the king of that well, time. I, I'm not saying it would all be denim. Yes, we would hail. He would rule. He would. He would all be, deal to Leno. It is denim. Yeah, he'd be like he'd be like the guy from Road Warrior. He'd be in he'd be in one of his Stanley steamers with the with with the nitrous tank though with the nitrous on it, and he'd be wearing, wearing denim, and he'd be talking like Gigantor into in, a bullhorn into the mask into that into that. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have like some weird naked guy taped to the front of his car. That's yeah, Leno. <laughs> you know Leno. Speaking of Leno, you guys, you must go over to his shop and uh, give him some of the dynamite. He probably puts that into everything he builds. Right? Actually, um, they're pretty good about buying it. You know, it's uh, he and he, and I, I love his quote. He he's, he puts on double layers. Mm-hmm. So if one layer's good, two layers better. Well, what he does is dynamite. Layer of denim, layer of denim, then dynamite, <laughs> and then yeah. stone wash. He finishes it off with stone wash. I, I, maybe I, should, makes I could do a special me. run of denim uh, dynamite, you, you know, go. and the Leno. Ah, uh, there oh you go. Oh my God, he would Look, love that. I don't, you know, call me crazy, but I do believe Jeep came out with a Levi. Yeah, had a Levi yeah. interior. I think the Gremlin like had a Levi. I think AMC. Jeep AMC like yep. had a couple of cars like a Gremlin and stuff with a Levi. Nothing sounds less comfortable to me than a Levi right. interior. I, but who knows? As long as you're not sitting on a rivet, you know. right? And like a pocket with a patch <laughs> on it. But those cars, you got a little homework now, Jeff. I'll bet you the Levi version of the Gremlin. But those <laughs> things. By the way, somebody... Oh, I, I didn't know it had the emblem on the fender and everything. I, actually oh, yeah. Levi, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I would have loved... Come on, Barrett Jackson, let's see this I thing. would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in the meeting like AMC when we're sitting around and they're like, Toyota, Honda, Datsun, they're kicking our ass. Yeah. They're fucking eating our lunch for us, people. What are we going to do to turn this ship around? And then one guy's hand went up. I've got it. I've got it. This is it. All right. Bob, I know. Lighter, more fuel economy. Beat them at their own game. No, 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 no. Denim. Denim. On the interior. I just want to see him like, (laughs) Like, you know, like... (laughs) Pull, pull the sheet off of his little clay model of the gremlin. Behold, the <laughs> and then, gremlin. <laughs> and then who, by the way, in that meeting went, all right, get this guy a raise in his own parking spot. That's right. A, yes, yes, everything you're doing, yes. Forget about now. fuel economy. Forget about drag coefficiency. Forget about overhead cam motors. We're going denim, people. That's the future of this we should, company. We need to get Levi in on this right we'll now. We'll do right a now. cross promotion with Levi. 
will uh, pay them a bunch of money and put their emblem on the fender because nothing says automotive performance like cotton-based materials. (laughs) 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 And uh, look out, Honda. I'm digging it. Datsun, Toyota, pack it up, head it on back to Japan. We got, it, we got a car with jeans inside of it. I heard it almost took down Toyota as a whole. Oh, is this close? With yeah. seats of the pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Levi. Okay, but, <laughs> now, what year is this? And and uh, and let me ask you this. Would would you want Obama bailing these imbeciles out? <laughs> to, isn't this how it works? The weak and the retarded die off and we move on? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like... Would we need the person with the horrible ideas still in business because we artificially subsidize them? Or shouldn't the guys with the horrible ideas go away? I, lo- I love this ad. The first line says, we've strengthened the bumpers to withstand a five-mile-per-hour impact. That's the first line. That's the lead-in. What they never told you is the car <laughs> wouldn't go faster than five miles an hour. <laughs> so. And, a, and the thing is, they had to do that because it was the law. They that's the yeah. seventy three, seventy four, seventy five is when everything came. The right. five mile an hour bumpers yeah. and ten mile. So seventy three is where the Levi. Levi yeah. This uh, the big gas crunch was either right in the seventy four, seventy two, right in the middle of it, or it was really coming the, the embargo and so on and so forth. Honda had just made some inroads, and Toyota was making inroads, and um, Datsun had, you know, made inroads, smaller, lighter, more fuel-efficient cars. But don't worry. We're putting jeans inside our cars, people. I'm just just going to predict right now that Gremlin is going to be the next pro-touring movement. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you this now. A super clean Pacer or Gremlin. Gremlin with some yeah. Levi's on the interior is probably going to be worse than right, Well, after Levi's, though, you remember the Audi TT did the baseball glove interior and they used the big, thick... Rawlings or whatever. I don't know if they even branded it with I that, it, but, but they yeah. had the big stitch... You which know, was cool, and, and, like and that leather. They did like, you know, that was kind of cool. They've done like, like the Eddie Bauer Explorer and things yeah. like that. I mean, that... But it's usually... Mike Epps yeah. has uh, Louis Vuitton interior in his car that he showed me. Although that, I feel like that's aftermarket. The, <laughs> yeah, about the same year, whatever. About the same year, I think. Uh, what was the big uh, AMC car? Matador. They, they they had like a, they had like an Oleg Cassini or something. Oh, like really? Kind of really? Kinda, yeah. The like, big car was the Matador. Yeah. I know because I think it was. I think the Matadors the the. Has my vote for the worst car ever ever produced? <laughs> wow, Cassini. How about how about some props for getting the Matador? Uh, Ole Cassini, <laughs> first, we, fa- famous designer. Boy, now we're we're digging. We're, we're going for a deep cut here. The Matador was a huge, cumbersome car that was a two door that had no room in the back seat, but yet got horrible mileage. The Matador, well, read what it says up there. Let's see if you can read that, Matt. Uh, what are we looking at here? Well, the Ole Cassini, I forgot about Ole Cassini. Yeah. yeah well, nobody that bought the Matador knew who he was. Right. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I don't know who he is. He's a designer. I mean, he's... He was very famous in, very, out there in, in the I mean, 60s. is there a lot of real design in the Matador? Just read it. He said... Uh, 
The special OLED Cassini edition of the Matador Coupe is available for, for the 1974 to 1975 model years. American Motors had the famous American fashion designer develop a more elegant, luxury-oriented model for the new Coupe. I didn't know he was a fashion designer. Oh, yeah. He was big time. <laughs> Cassini was renowned in Hollywood in high society. By the way, those are two good things. Yeah. High, high society for making elegant, ready-to-wear dresses, including those worn by Jacqueline Kennedy. Cassini himself helped promote the car in AMC's advertising. It was a, it was yeah. a big deal. Jackie put him on the map for, you know. The, yeah. Um, he, so, so the women's dress <clears throat> designer did the Matador. The, the yeah. thing about the Matador, no, it was, and this is what, 70, all right, so this is after the embargo or right around the time the gas crunch. And we, we should have learned our lesson, the 74, 75. Here's my point. No car... And it's probably about the time VW's introducing the Rabbit, probably 74, 75 in there. Uh, obviously, cars like the four-door Datsun 510 exist and have existed for quite some time by this point because those cars came around 68, 69, 70 through there. No car was bigger on the outside and smaller on the inside than the Matador. And no car is smaller on the outside and bigger on the inside than a four-door Rabbit or four-door 510. (laughs) Right. This is the direction we should have been going, which is you can put four adults in a 510, get 35 miles to the gallon, and motor all day in that thing. This was the Matador hard-pressed to get in the back seat. It It was a... it was a two-door, but it was a massive, just lum- lumbersome, cumbersome, unwieldy two-door. One of the biggest. And, you know, you, you can say what you want about the Pontiac Aztec and other things like that. At least with the Pontiac Aztec, you could put six people in it, and it would start, and you could go to Bakersfield and kill yourself. You could pop but, a tent and live in it. But you could, you could live in it. This was just a pile. I I, I I have Scott. I don't know which which you have, but I for me, oh, this whole time Scott's been collecting matadors. He's got seven of them at home. Oh my god, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> His father worked on the initial design. <laughs> I, I, this in my pantheon of piece I'm, of shit cars. This is at the top. Yeah, yeah. my mother's maiden name is Matador. Oh no, I am so sorry. <laughs> Show me another matador. I'm telling you. So I, what do you what do you have, what, Matt? What do you have? You don't you don't know about the Matador. His no, middle name is no. Ador, though. Matt Ador. No, there's I, the Matador is not really on my radar, and 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 to be fair, it it came out before I was born. What did so. they have powering that bad boy? It must have been a V8. It must have been some sort of weird American Motors like two thirty one with a single barreled something. Yeah. Uh, Three eight, There's two inline sixes. A bunch of inline sixes. Although the Mexican Matadors <laughs> had 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 inline sixes. And and three hundred four, three sixty, yeah. uh, four four one. I'll I'll bet you the one with six point six liter V eight in a Matador. I'll bet you that bad boy had under one hundred and fifty horsepower. Inline yep. six hundred horsepower. All right. What was the eight? What's we got to find eight, out you know? what the big eight had, or any of the eights had. Three yeah. speed. Automatic. Oh, oh, you can get a four-speed manual in seventy-one only, though. Oh my god, that's the rare one. That's the one you want. Zero to sixty on that three-point-eight straight six it's had to be <laughs> at least a day, day with the rolling start. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, so see if you can find the V8 horsepower. But I, I know that uh, Scott has a, a, a bunch of uh, hot rods. I know yeah, Scott, that. what do you— And you drive them across—like, it's your thing. You just drive them across the country. Yeah, well, all the time. We, we look at you know any reason we can to get in and drive. You know, we like a bunch of us drive to the SEMA show every year. You know, some guys who are hot rod builders and other manufacturers. Um, we've um, a guy named Posey, who's a hot rod builder out of Hershey, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. who's like been doing this for fifty years. This year is his fiftieth anniversary. But we do Posey's Driven Dirty Tour, and he and I and Corky Coker. And uh, Steve Mole started it doing this sure. um, back in, um, uh, let's see, in 06. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've done it every year. We, we drive from the east to um, Steve Mole. Actually, you know, some of these guys would ship their car to us. Some guys, the guys from Albuquerque, drive up to Cincinnati to yeah. meet me, and then we all come back together. Now, when you say you're doing that, though, we you're not doing this in a Range Rover. You're doing this in, in hot rods. In yeah. hot rods, yeah. like and, really. In, in, and I, and I, I drive everything I have, and I've got a pretty eclectic, you know, bunch of cars. But I really like raw, you know, hot cars, you know, something you can shift, something, yeah. you know, it, no air generally, uh, just you know, hair in the wind kind of stuff. Whether what's what's the best ride you have that made that cross country run? They're all different, is the problem. It's <laughs> it's uh, I, I I really enjoy um, my Roadster, and a lot of people are you know like well you know the weather though you can only like out here you guys like Roadsters because you have all this nice weather to use them in, mm-hmm. but I've been in some serious weather with my Roadster and. First uh, drive out here to SEMA in it, uh, we it was there's two days of rain and three snowstorms. Wow, and no top. Yeah, and I don't even have a full windshield. I have like the little uh, Brooklyn's Aero screens on it because it's kind of it looks like a mid-century, you know, kind of sports car kind of thing. It's a thirty-two Roadster that doesn't look like anybody else's for sure. But uh, so you you must sounds like a lot of work. Every trucker that passes you or comes up upon you on the highway must think you're insane when they're sitting up there in that cab and Probably. it's snowing outside. Actually, we get a, we get a lot of thumbs up and people think it's crazy. But, you know, like I, it's like it's, – it's, I always, also like motorcycles, you know. So we, if you know, if you got the right clothes on, you can do it. You sure. Know? And, the, and the thing is that the snow is a little nicer in the roadster than it is yeah. in the motorcycle. So. You could put a helmet on and put some dynamite on the inside. You wouldn't hear a thing. <laughs> we uh, uh, oh, produced 210 horsepower. Oh, that oh, the big Matador. Wow. Whatever, whatever it did, I, I can tell you that the suspension couldn't handle the top speed. I know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Scott has brought us a cool vehicle. To go look at looks like uh, something else. Obviously, he drove it out here, so uh, he drives the stuff. You can go to uh, www.dynamat.com, D-Y-N-A-M-A-T, dynamat.com. We'll uh, talk about one of our fine sponsors, Pro Flowers, and then we'll go out and see what Scott brung us. Ah, yes, Pro Flowers, forgetting Valentine's Day. That's bad. Probably worse than forgetting her birthday. Let's not screw up, fellas. Let's not get in the doghouse. 100 blooms of love with a free glass vase. Just nineteen ninety nine, Or you can upgrade and add gourmet chocolates and a teddy bear for just nine ninety nine more. So under 30 bucks, you get the 100 blooms, you get the chocolates, you get the teddy bear. Quick, easy delivery, and they'll do it on Valentine's Day. Guaranteed. Speaking of guarantees, Pro Flowers. 
guaranteed to last at least seven days or your money back. So how can you go wrong? But how do you get this deal? Well, there's only one way to get this deal. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone in the top right corner, and type CarCast. That's right. Support the show. Go to proflowers.com, click the blue microphone, top right corner, type in CarCast. ProFlowers, CarCast. You got it. Now go get it. So uh, support CarCast. We'd love it. Uh, go to iTunes and give us a good rating, and you can jump over to uh, CarCastShow.com and uh, maybe donate a little something-something to that yeah. uh, PayPal banner. We get a lot of good guests. We'd and love they that. bring in a lot of cool cars, and we do a lot of cool events, and it helps us finance the operation. And uh, going to be signing some Mangria bottles, by the way, if you want to uh, – Come on out. You can go to CorollaDrinks.com and take a look at that. And we're doing some live podcasts coming up. Uh, Buffalo, New York. Also uh, doing a little meet, meets and greets for the uh, Mangria as well. And all that kind of stuff. So uh, what you, what you want to do is you just want to go to AdamCroll.com and hit live dates. Because we're, we're coming to a yeah. town near you. And there will be a Mangria hit signing at a, a town near hit you. The road a lot. Yeah. And then uh, check out our, our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash CarCastShow. Uh, Jeff's been loading tons of images and stuff up there. Let us know what you think. I'll jump in and talk with you and answer questions and stuff like that. It'll be good. All right. Now we'll go see what Scott brought us. Well, Scott Whitaker, what have you brought us? This is a 32 Ford Coupe, the little Bonneville Chop. It looks like a 60-year-old Bonneville race car, really, you know. Uh, but it's actually was built, I built it in 06. Uh, it's a brand-new Brookville steel body. And uh, a few things here and there to look, at, look like we wanted it to for the Bonneville effect. And soft um, on the rims. <laughs> it's got a crazy patina to it that, I don't know, patinas on hot rods are kind of like boob jobs. They've come a long way. And now I can't really tell. Right. And I was, you don't look, know what's real, I was what's looking not. at this thing going, what a patina. And then I thought, no, maybe, is this, have, is this am I being faked out? Is this really a patina? So what part of it is? Well, you're not alone, first of all, because when we I, this was first shown, I drove it to SEMA from Cincinnati wow. in Vegas, you know, uh, in 06 after we built it, and we had a lot of experts, you know, all the all the boys that frequent the Peterson, you know, they walk sure. around it and walk around it, and then they go, where the where the hell did you find this? Right. You know, so that was the best compliment and what I wanted to hear. So and it looked a lot like this. I mean, it hasn't changed a whole lot. Uh, we've added a little bit of uh, road grime and such to it, but it looked like this when we when we were done with it. So um, and then you so, just started driving it. You just yeah, started driving and, it, and, and we it just, just compounded yeah, the, the yeah. look to it. Uh, Have you driven this one across the country as well? Oh yeah, yeah, th- yeah. Went, this has been this went is, from Cincy to SEMA, man. Yeah, the first right out of the chute, I had uh, I had about five miles on it. We hadn't really got the, the thing tested, and and it and it's it's ran flawlessly. It's, but. Um, the name written in the name is worn off, and all the all the lettering and stuff, the number and everything has been scrubbed off. That's all part of the magic. But inside, it looks like you have a flathead engine in there. Yep. 
Are you want to see it? Fooling me again? Yeah. Or? No, 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 no. It's it's, it's an LS3. <laughs> well, I, if you're gonna drive it across the country, I don't know. You know. Yep. Wow. Well, it was, it's actually it was built intentionally to make it very dependable. It's it's so not that, it's not maxed out. In other words, the blower is a little looser than it would be if you were going to be uh, racing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so everything is detuned. And, a little and bit. The, the guy Dick Lewis that built the motor, uh, a friend of mine, you know, he's uh, about eighty years old, and uh, he has been doing flatheaded. Fords, you know, ever since he was a teenager, he's so, a, he's the best guy I know out so there. So it's a Ford flathead V8 with a blower on yeah, top. Today, eight BA, very old school, everything looking. Yeah, very old school. It's a couple blower. of single draft, down draft carburetors. Tau Mechanica uh, blower with uh, Stromberg 97s, and those uh, Clive Prue, who makes new Stromberg 97 carburetors over in England now. He actually owns a Stromberg name. Wow. Those were, those, I was telling him about this project. He said, I, I, I want to get a couple of your carburetors, and, and he said, I've got just the ones. These were like some of the, if not the first two, very close to the early uh, stage, and, and there was contamination in the mold, and they came out really dirty, mm-hmm. ugly looking. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't like, even have perfect. to do anything Just to them. I put them on right. because they had this really dark look and didn't look yeah. like the new ones that, that he was selling. And, uh, and again, you know, it's just the in terms of cars you take cross country, this probably wouldn't not, crack your top it, five. It doesn't seem like it would. But and you're saying because it's not. Uh, you know, it, this is something that you built. It's not that old. When you see the detail in here, like just this this radiator shroud, the fan shroud that you have, welded it, grind down the welds, no filler, the little pinholes, the cracks. That's all just as a result of building it. That's actually almost intentional because yeah, you have to know look. you have to know where to stop <laughs> yeah. on some things, it's, and then on other things, you, you know, you have to know how you know how far you can go yeah. or add to. You know, like when you start buffing things off, you know, you got it, like. This is buffed off because people push here, you know. You push, right, right. You push so, here, and you, you know, you, in you know, race car wise, you just don't handle it as as carefully right. as you would another car. And we're like a deer trail. Where would you knock over the branches? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where the deer would head down to the lake, you know. So you have to go. Where would you buff it off? And yeah, if this was a salt flat car, a Bonneville car, and the guys were pushing the thing back into the trailer or wherever to the mm-hmm. starting line, this there's where they'd put their hand, and there's where you'd have your yeah. wear. Which is interesting, but it's like if you're putting patina on your car carpet, you'd put it where the pedals were, and yeah. not in the back of the car yeah, where right, no right, one ever right. sits. And they're, they're, and like the uh, you're talking about the fan shroud. It's an interesting thing. The fan shroud, you don't see fan shrouds on a lot of hot rods, right? Okay, especially traditional. But but by doing the the treatment that we did, nobody, you know, it actually is something you're interested in looking at. But but it's uh, not something that takes away from the car, but it really helps that radiator. Work. Yeah, and, so, it, and it fits. It fits the look. It makes like it. it it's right. So, so for there. me, for dependability and making it like this, this flathead, unlike a lot, it, 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 I can't even get it up to temperature. Most everybody else has trouble with you know overheating mm-hmm. and so on. This one won't even get up to temperature because some of the things that we did to make it run cool. So this thing has a generator, not an alternator. It's actually an alternator. And, and last, I was going to say, someone put the guts yeah. of an yeah. alternator in something that looks like a generator. It, 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 it's a. Yeah, you can. If you if you look, there's no. The, 
uh, you can't see the shaft coming through. Right. So right. It's, there's an alternator inside there, and then even uh, there's a six volt Ford script battery in the back uh -huh. that has a little bitty uh, battery inside it. That's a 12 volt. <laughs> and, uh, no details. Too movie small. magic. In so the car. what we have here it. is about how much horsepower. This thing's about maybe 250, 275. It's not, it's Thing respectable. Doesn't, doesn't weigh anything. No, far. no. And, but you have a super reliable horsepower. Can, as I don't know that much about flatheads, but can a flathead be as reliable or even more reliable than a non-flathead? Yes, it can. The, uh, the, most people who in the past, well, I say a lot of people have had issues with, with that because of the idiosyncrasies, especially with, with, with the, uh, uh, the temperature issues, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but, but there are techniques that you can do to, to solve those problems. Because obviously when you, when you start trying to get more uh, bore and stroke, you, you make more heat. Sure. And uh, so... You just have to make sure that you're doing all the things you need to do. There's a there's a one thing you'll hardly ever see. And in fact, I only know just me and a couple of guys. That copper tube down there is actually a water bypass underneath uh, the that, that, that attaches yeah. the back of the case to the front. Right. Uh huh. And in between uh, the exhaust and you you just don't head. see that. And that in a, that alone does a tremendous amount. Um, guys will guys will try to put. Um, you know, water pumps that that have more capacity on here, and the problem with flatheads is not the the, the that you actually it's better if you cut every other impeller off mm -hmm. so that it still flows but doesn't try to flow so fast because mm -hmm. it can't handle it. Um, so a lot of science here, which is kind of cool. You're taking this almost archaic science and then using a bunch of new science yeah. to make the old stuff work like it's. Like it's I, new. Have you right. applied that to the suspension as well? Is there hidden well, tricks on the suspension, well, well, or is it really this, just these what are, it looks the, like? The, the springs in this are super slide springs from Posies, and uh, which which you know they he he takes stuff that looks totally vintage and stock, you know, and and makes them work that much better. You know, they're the you know with the variable rate issues and the buttons that keep down the friction. Uh, this car, you know, like the. A lot of a lot of people, have, you know, start to try to use coilovers and hot rods, and and yeah. they don't look good, and then and they don't necessarily ride better. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with a leaf spring if it's done properly. And, and this car rides really nice going down the yeah. road. Speaking of nothing wrong with, then, are there some disc brakes hiding inside of those? No, actually, I opted to go with uh, drum brakes on this because I I. You know, I am not autocrossing this thing. You know, right. or, or in and I'm in. Uh, I'm not. Um, so if you keep them adjusted, you know, and they work work real well. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, the only thing I could use is maybe ABS. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. now then, the, the the big question is, where's the Dynamat? Because there is room. There's plenty of room. So the thing that's kind of cool about the Dynamat is you have something. No detail has been overlooked, and, and and so on and so forth. So you go, well, how do you put this? How do you integrate this modern product into it? But yeah. the good thing is, this product's meant to be hidden. Well, and this there's is actually, the floorboards. He was saying before that this with the texture on it. That's a Dynadeck, right? Which right. is used. To, we sell a lot for traditional hot rods, uh, uh, 
vintage sports cars, uh, and as well as Jeeps and trucks. It's pretty, pretty getting more and more so popular. You got your Dynamat uh, down and, here, but and this and is I, you another know, layer. And, and in most of my other cars, there's a lot more care in how the thing uh, is trimmed and, and looks, but like you can see a lot of Dynamat up in the top of the car and Dynaliner, and we just kind of let it let right, it happen. Yeah. Right, right. All right, can we uh, fire it up? Sure. By the way? We got wow. Really? Hung Oop, up here. Yeah. It's uh, this kind of expense and this kind of time spent on making something look old and beat. And you can make sure I don't roll. From scratch. Absolutely amazing. Wow, what a, you know, it's really. It's gonna roll. It fires up and idles well. Yeah. Uh, uh oh. I got a Brody knob. Uh oh. Shift, shift linkage problem? <laughs> I'm stuck in uh, between gears. I think. Well, you can turn it off for now. No. I love the Brody knob, by the way. Um, yeah, and the, uh, we got it. Ludwig Speed King's uh, accelerator pedal, it's drum, just, drum pedal. Every Everywhere you look, it's, there's just a treat. that door closed, by the way. That yeah. thing is solid. Yeah. Let me move my, move my jump box here. My... It's just everywhere you look, even, even, even to the rear of the car, even in the trunk with the old tools and the fuel. It's like something you carry kerosene in back in the day. Strap down their own uh, yeah. tanks anymore. Just a, a really neat accomplishment, and the fact that you're able to take this thing cross country is damn near unbelievable. Um, Scott, uh, let's see. Let's give out the uh, website one more time before we uh, head out. It's Is it dynamat.com. 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 Scott Whitaker, thanks for bringing us this beautiful piece. Until next time, it's Adam Corolla. For Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, and Scott Whitaker saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel.